Welcome to Wicked Donuts Bakery. Yay. <laughs> maybe, John, what you could do is maybe, could you introduce yourself to, yep. to us and our viewers and what you do, what you're about? Yeah. So uh, my name is Sean. I'm the owner and founder of Wicked Donuts. And we currently have three stores. We have an online gifting service where we do deliveries and you can also order for pickup. And we just make customized letter donuts. We've got these cute little love bite donuts that we do. Oh, and so good. Yeah, we've got shops with beverages and, and donuts. Yeah. Okay, so you make donuts and little, what are the... What the are love the, bites. What's the, t the love bites, yeah. but they, they're also known as like the donut, donut holes. Donut exactly. holes, yes, yes. Which it isn't really a hole, it's what makes the hole. But. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's how you do donuts mm -hmm. and you have a few stores, brick yep. and mortar stores, and you do online sales and you do customized gifting. Yes. And we also have a small footprint in spa as well. So oh, we cool. supply a few spas in Durban. Awesome. Yeah. I have seen and I've definitely partaken in the goodness. Yes. At funny enough, most of them would be spas. Okay. That's cool. cool. So maybe can you tell us when and where you started? Wow. Um I started this as a side hustle in my mother's kitchen. So okay. I've been a beautician for eleven years and that space changed over the years while I was working in it. So I found like towards the end of the 11 years, people started going more to dermatologists for Botox and, you know, uh, a lot of these treatments that are actually dermatology based mm. instead of coming to their beauticians to take care of their skin. So really people were just coming more and more like for a quick nail fix and for a little bit of waxing. And I just wasn't making it. Um, okay. So... At the end of those 11 years, I thought to myself, I really need to try and do something different. And I studied medical repping. Um, okay. I did really well in it. I actually got 93%, but never, ever worked as wow. a medical rep. I tried looking for a job, and I just found myself in this unemployed space where I had no job because I just couldn't get one as a medical rep. Um, not having any experience didn't help either. And then I went back to beauty. And okay. from there, I, th I started doing this as a side hustle. So um, it actually started with a, a discussion with a friend. She, she was in the restaurant business and she said, you know, I want to open another business. So I'm thinking of a whiskey bar and I'm thinking about a donut shop. And she threw a couple of ideas out. And when she said donut shop, I like almost shook her. I said, oh my God, you've got to do donuts, you know? Yes. Donuts is going to be amazing. Like... And she said, no, we thought about it, but we just, we're not keen on it anymore. So from that conversation, I went home and this donut thing was just going round and round in my head for like two weeks. That was all I was thinking about and talking about with my family. And then, because at the time we didn't have any other donuts besides pick and pay and, you know, the, the usual yeah. vanilla and chocolate donuts that yeah. we had. There was, there's nothing going on in that gourmet donut space. And I'm assuming and thought, you love donuts. I love donuts. Okay. Like whenever I'd okay. gone overseas, the first place I would walk into is like a Dunkin' Donuts, for Ooh. instance, you know? Nice. So I, I would go and seek it out. And I was like, you know, if only we had a donut shop, like why, why don't we have one? And um, I actually started learning how to make them online and then started getting my feet wet in the Durban markets. 
selling donuts and it just grew from there from that little market table and waking up before I go to my beauty job so I had a few hours before going to to do my day job Um, I'd push out a few batches of donuts and then it scaled from from there. People just went nuts. They that's, were all waiting for donuts. Awesome. Yeah, like I was. So, was so you great. started with a with a from your Instagram TikTok feeds. You yeah. started with a bread maker. Yes, exactly. So talk to us about that process. <laughs> and at the time, I was so broke. I had five thousand rand in my account, and I spent five hundred rand on the bread maker, and the rest of that money I spent on making a few pamphlets and buying a couple of ingredients, and that's where I started with okay. just the basics. Yeah. And did you call it Wicked Donuts from the beginning? Or was I did. I I had this idea of what I wanted it to be. Okay. So. Um, the bread maker was just a way to, to, to launch me into actually discovering how to make mm. donuts. And I tested a couple of batches. But initially, I was so horrible at making them that I didn't make them myself at all. There used to be a little bakery up the road called Chooks. So I didn't have the expertise. I didn't have the staff. I didn't have the equipment. So I took the bread maker and I said, Mom, there's no way I can make these donuts. Like, this is a complete fail. Like, I'm going to get this lady to make us blank donuts with our recipe and then I'll just glaze them, you know, because I don't know what I'm doing. So I put the bread maker aside and uh, she used to make us blanks in the beginning. So for the first three months of Wicked Donuts back in like 2014, she was making our donuts for us with our recipe. And then her bakery subsequently closed, unfortunately, there were some leasing issues and she ended up closing her businesses. And that's where I had to roll up my sleeve and get my hands dirty and learn how to make them myself. Yeah. And how was that process? (sighs) That was like probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my entire life. (laughs) What was so hard about it? There's a lot more to it than, you know, like people say, oh, it doesn't look that bad. Like if they imagine making donuts, they'll probably imagine like a machine popping them off. But it's a real science to making good old fashioned yeast raised donuts. You need to actually learn how to make a proper yeast dough, the proofing times, how sensitive the oil temperature needs to be when you're frying those donuts if you are a few degrees left or right of the precise temperature you should be frying it they're either going to be too greasy or you're not going to get the right texture on your donuts over mixing the dough is a problem under mixing the dough is a problem like over proofing it in the proofing is a problem Underproofing it is a problem. Okay. There's so many elements that you got to control in the whole process and you could get nine of them right and the tenth one mm, is like you didn't you, you messed up there like you overmixed it or you just fried them like you know one degree lower you'll be like oh crap you know like even just putting a dough together it's so easy when you're getting into a process and you're busy to leave one uh, ingredient out like we've left sugar out once we've left butter out once i know what the dough looks like now when there's no butter or double the butter went in or no sugar so we've put processes in and systems now where we try and control every element as best as we can but because we don't use those pre-mixes it's really an art that we've had to learn and that's taken Mm. two years i would say a good two years and the help of a master baker along the way to try and help us 
to get to grips with that process because we're all self-taught in the bakery. So awesome. yeah, it was it was quite a So a you didn't challenge. go to like chef school no, or no, anything I, like that? I didn't. I, I wish I had. I think if I had lived my life again, I probably would have gone to pastry school. But um, I learned it the hard way. I, uh, I earned my stripes in the kitchen. It took, yeah, two years yeah. to, to, to get a level of comfort with making them. Yeah. So when did you move from baking in mom's kitchen through to Ooh. your own? Maybe take us through the journey of going from yeah. the kitchen to, I think you mentioned that you had a market stall. Yeah, so and we were in a few markets. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So maybe talk to us about that journey to opening your first shop. Okay, so I don't know when it was. Was it the end of 2015 that we opened our first shop? Um, we were in the markets for quite a while and people were just like ready to eat us alive because it was the only place where they could get our donuts was at those couple of food markets once or twice mm. you know, a month. So Durban was really hungry for us and... We got a little bit of money together to get our first deposit um, on a on a pop up shop at Pavilion, okay. and that's where we opened our first store. And wow. it was such a huge risk and and such a lifestyle change as well, because it went from showing up for a few markets a month to a seven day week where yes. we open nine to nine. Yes. You know, so it was a massive uh, lifestyle adjustment for me and just being open and available to the public when they were ready to eat us alive. I promise you that store was crazy. Like we could not keep it stocked. Like our first store did more in, in 2015 than our three stores do today. Wow. All of our spas and orders combined. That's crazy. And we couldn't keep the, the shop stocked. I That's mean, there were crazy. people driving from the South coast to come and, and visit that store. They were just waiting for it. So sure. once we opened Pavilion, um, we were quickly able to just afford to build on that, you know. And I wanted to establish like a footing and, and everybody was like, oh, open here, open there. And maybe I, I didn't get the right advice. Maybe I did, but I just steamrolled with it. I was so excited about the business. Growing it is is exciting when the money is yes. there and it's fun and everybody and you, know, you flavor of the month, right? I mean, yes. it's a new business and it's kind of like how Wakaberry was in the beginning, you know. I remember Wakaberry <laughs> exactly, wow, like yeah. standing in lines for it and yes, this. And that. I remember you the literally frenzy. can't see exactly what it's going to be like five or six years down the line. Will there mm. still be a demand for those same stores? But anyway, we're still talking about the nice stuff now, so. <laughs> We scaled it very quickly and all the money that we made, I threw back into the business to okay. just keep continuously growing it. So we got okay. to about four stores. Yeah, four stores. And then we closed Gateway and opened Belito and then closed Belito and have got to the point where we're now at three stores. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's quite a journey. And that's in a little under 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So next year will be 10 years. Right. 2014 we started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I keep saying eight years because I don't know why. My, my calculations Well, are... we did lose two years during the pandemic. Yeah, so probably. you're excused for that. I think we're all two years behind schedule. I think we've lost about three, actually. Yeah. yeah. So when you were talking about you first opened your new shop in, or the first mm. shop in the pavilion, like I could see in your eyes and your whole body that you've come alive. Mm -hmm. So... 
what what is it about that space that resonates so deeply with you? You know, you said I, I was so excited and I, yeah. I I loved that space and it was exhilarating. And so, mm-hmm. what what is it about that space that that resonates deeply within you? It was just the realization of a dream and seeing something that was only in your head come to life that you were almost sure you weren't big enough or smart enough or great enough to pull off. And to see that, it's so magnificent to, to, to like see the realization of a dream. And there's a part in my book where I say at one point, the words wicked and donuts were literally just words written in pencil on a piece of scrap paper. That's how I describe it. And what I had in my head and had a, in my heart and what was on that paper, I couldn't see how I was going to move it from that point of an idea mm. to actually standing in that shop. And like, it, it feels like a dream. It feels like winning the lottery. It, it, I think it was more satisfying than winning the lottery because your hard work and everything that every detail of your dream in real life was just so special to That's to awesome. finally see that come to life. Yeah. But donuts, like, <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. My first experience of a gourmet American donut was I was in California mm-hmm. and I was, we went to a, I don't remember if it was a Target or if it was something like that, but mm-hmm. We went into this massive shop and I was like, damn, I'm in America. I need a donut. Okay. And I, I remember you walking. You sound like me. <laughs> yeah. And I remember walking past the, it was on my left, walking past the donut thing. And I was looking, I was like, yes, these look amazing. But what happened is I bought the donuts. It looked amazing. And I bit into this thing and it was disgusting really? it was like the most greasy oil it was almost like you could wring it out and <laughs> i'm assuming that's got to do with temperature but it was just so bad but i didn't i couldn't convince myself to throw this away i'm like I, i'm Gosh. in america so i gotta finish this damn thing <laughs> so i finished it and i was sick for that entire day it was it was really bad. I think those but cake donuts that they sorry that they push off the the machine are, uh, you know, guilty of having that greasy taste. Mm. They don't have the same lightness because they're literally dropping that cake dough into the oil. So yeah. any raising or you know frying is literally happening while it's submerged in that oil. Okay. So it does have a tendency to sort of draw too much. Whereas these are like, by the time they get fried, we've given them like an hour, almost two hours of love and, you know, Back massaging them in there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Before they even touch the Sending oil. So to it. Yes. By the time they get in there, they're okay. literally like almost floating above the oil so oh, that when awesome. you flip them you'll see a band that goes around the the, the center of a donut it's called a halo and that's a, a sign of a really good donut is when okay. it's so light that it actually floats above the oil that's amazing so if you see a donut that doesn't have that proofing line that's what we call it as well as proofing or halo line it's it's just like mm, it's either going to be a cake donut or it hasn't um been given the correct resting okay. period and, and frying to get that nice light, That's that lightness. Yeah. Wow. That's very interesting. So in other words, most donuts out there, you don't see them. 
No, especially the eat. ones that you're rushing. Yes. And if you've got a yeast donut, it's, it's one of those uh, donuts that a lot of the high manufacturing type of, of donuts will steer away from because okay. they don't have the two hours that they want to include in their process. They want to yes. push those donuts and punch them out as fast as possible. Okay. So it's going to taste different. It's going to have a different texture and a different taste as well. Okay. So would you say that your donuts are artisanal? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, okay. I, I would, you'd struggle to find somewhere that is still making a dough or any baked product from scratch because yeah. everybody's moving to premixes now and okay. the temptation is is so great to go to that because you can spit it out quicker yeah. yeah and it's so easy you just they've taken out all the hard work so we i told you we've got like so many things that we try and control all the variable factors every morning like Give me a bag of premix. They'll just say, okay, here's the three steps. You know, add water, put eggs, you know, you mix for three minutes exactly. And then you can just start baking mm. or frying. You know, it's that yeah. simple. And there's even ingredients in there or that the dough or recipe has been manipulated to a point where it'll even allow for some mistakes. So where your staff can like oh fall asleep or do something during that process, it'll even be forgiving in terms of how that okay. pro product turns out. Okay. So that's why so many of these big bakeries want to move to these premixes now because they don't. Uh, that premix doesn't require the same care yeah. to push out. The same love. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. So that that American donut left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I've literally. had a few donuts where I'm just there. Yeah. yeah. So. Donuts give you, like, eating a donut is an experience mm -hmm. in its own right. Um, I'm seeing you agree with me. Yeah, 100%. A, I, I think what a donut does is it's not just something you, like, it, you just chow. It's, it brings mm -hmm. joy. It brings, there's this experience that is attached to it. And that also comes with part of your branding. You know, mm -hmm. your donuts are your unique brand. But how do you, how do you, work your processes to create this or how do you structure this whole thing or f how do you figure it out on how to create this experience for another person that you don't know that's just bought your donuts i think that's where it's so important to communicate your story and your processes in your social media and i think okay. people didn't understand that until i started talking about what we do how we make it what ingredients we, we use in it. They just looked at our donut as any any other donut. Yes. They didn't realize it's not a premix. They didn't realize we're getting in here at midnight every day to make them fresh every day. Okay. You know, the care that we take, we show that when we're in the kitchen and we, you can see the, the processes that we are, we are doing. So we, I'm trying to convey that and I'm trying to educate the customer okay. that this is not just one person operating a donut machine and with a premix. There's a lot more that goes into our product than, yes. than what they previously thought. Yeah. Okay. So that would explain. So I remember my, I, th I think it was my wife told me once, there's these people in Durban who make amazing donuts. And I never thought of any, anything of it. Mm -hmm. And then I came across your feed. I was like, wow, these look very interesting. And then <laughs> I tried it and I was like, this donut is the best damn donut I've ever had in my life. That's and great. how much of how much do you think that is associated to the story and the documentation of your journey that I've seen before? Do you 
how much I mean I've got my own opinion to had this, you, you had you known anything about our story before that point I did not no so therefore I can answer that easily compare the donut that you had in America where it was just greasy and tasted horrible disgusting. compared to just eating that donut and having a completely different experience yeah. without relating it to a story yes so our product stands on its own yes. and more important than anything else is that it must taste different so I'd never ever say our donuts are the best donuts in, in the whole world. For me, if it's a good donut and it tastes different to everything that is on the market currently, that is what I'm focusing on. Mm. Because I want to give people a different experience. Now if you go to any bakery, if there's still any left, because I believe most of them are closing down nowadays because they can't survive all these increasing costs. And if you're lucky enough to go to uh, any small bakeries or you know, garages or supermarkets where we get most of our products, you're going to keep tasting the same thing. Mm. So I they have been hounded by people to convert to a premix. And the temptation is there because it would just make things so easy, yeah. wouldn't it? But then I'm selling you the same stuff that you're going to taste yeah. everywhere and you're not going to have a different experience. Yeah. So we make our glazes um, from scratch. We make... 90% of our fillings, except for obviously like bar one chocolate and, and your uh, Nutella. You mm. know, we're making these yeah. fillings from scratch. We're making our dough from scratch. That's so something very unique and special that doesn't exist nowadays. Yes, and I, I've yeah. absolutely loved seeing how you've documented the journey and how you document even the hard times and the good times mm -hmm. and the driving in the car and the, hey, meet the ladies who massage your donuts. Yeah. And I think, I think coming back to the story that we attach to the, to the product, it is very, very powerful. And I also want to say like, well done for doing that because yeah. I you. know how important it is, mm -hmm. yet I don't do it myself. I don't mm -hmm. tell for my business, I don't tell my story. Yeah. But just by watching what, what you've been doing is hugely inspiring because I can see how powerful it is. And then I can also see like yeah. the story that I've seen and this, this journey that you've documented in the public space is now attached to this, yeah. this little ring of dough that's got a halo around it mm -hmm. and amazing sugary treats on top. It's like... It's incredible. So well done. Thank you. It really, really is inspiring. And yeah. I yeah, I can't wait to see how much how much more you do and how much further yeah. you can take the especially the whole social media space. And knowing <laughs> now having meeting you that it's not it doesn't come mm -hmm. naturally. It's not your first you know, you're not naturally inclined to jump onto into a public space no. and tell your story. <laughs> I'm not I maybe it May I make it look easy, but for me and anybody who knows me, this is such a hard space for me to be in. In fact, I don't even like being in the shops because I don't like to be like customer facing. I'm such an antisocial, yes. introverted person. Um, yeah, I, and I cancelled our podcast, so <laughs> but I'm here but now. Yeah, and yeah. well, no, but really well done, and it's it's amazing. And I think you know we were chatting earlier before we recorded. Mm -hmm. Or started recording and you were saying, you know, you really feel like the social media space has helped carry the business. A hundred percent, yeah. Maybe maybe you can talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. I can remember an experience where I noted the difference in how 
our customers were treating us. Uh, and then I realized, okay, this social media thing is actually has a lot of benefits because I'm not just being treated like this corporation anymore. Yeah. People know that I'm answering the phone, I'm delivering the donuts, I'm managing the stores, I'm managing the bakery, I'm receiving every order, every complaint, like it's me here. So they're actually a little more gentle with me, a, okay. a lot a lot more gentle, you know, awesome. <laughs> which is really nice because um, usually they just used to take me like limb by limb if there was a problem. And mm. there was one day in particular where we were running a special at Florida Road and I think it was, we had something stupid like coffee for two rand or something ridiculous. And there was a line of people outside the door, a whole angry mob waiting for the, the doors to open and our staff was late. So, of course, I answered the phone and we've got a customer there and she's like, oh, there's, there's no staff here. Like immediately I could hear the tone in her voice was like she knew, she knew me and like she knew that, uh, okay, this is the owner I'm speaking to and she was already like more gentle oh, your staff is not on time and there's a whole group of people waiting here and, you know, do you know when she's going to arrive? And then she, she started, like, announcing to the whole mob, like, hey, like, I've got the owner on the phone and she says that the staff are on the way and she's really, really sorry. And, you know, it, it was such a different... Uh, it just felt like they all gave me a hug at that point. That's awesome. <sighs> That's awesome. So... I'm not going to cry. <laughs> no, you're welcome to no. cry. But... It was, it it is special, like, Mm. you know, just to, just have people understand how tough it can be to run this business sometimes and Mm. to get a little bit of empathy. Yeah, maybe some people say I look like I'm playing the victim. I don't feel that. I, it's just a very real and very honest um, story that I'm, I'm telling. I'm telling you my experiences as they are. And if that looks like playing the victim, Maybe, but that is really what's what's happening day to day. So it is nice that people treat me differently and I do appreciate it very much, especially when, when things go wrong. Mm, I yeah. understand that. I think what happened, what's happened there is that humans like to buy from humans. Yeah. And so many times we have all these brands around us and businesses that have absolutely zero humanity attached yeah. to them i'm and glad that they can see i'm genuine yeah that's that's what I, I am i'm genuine and i'm honest and i'm glad that that's coming across that people are saying i'm that way without yeah. me having to tell them that just the way that yeah. i behave in a day-to-day and the way i operate i'm so glad that people can see that I, i'm a decent person yeah. yeah and that's i think that's if anything that's going to carry you mm-hmm. like carry wicked donuts through this whole world that we're we're navigating through where we've got, you know, the battle of the corporates and the battle of the big guys coming in. And, you know, there's there's so much competition and so much struggle out there that or these forces that oppose us, but mm-hmm. there's nothing human about them. Mm-hmm. And we deeply, deeply desire to connect with brands and, and shops yeah. on a human level. Mm-hmm. And I think you've done that phenomenally well. Yeah. And I mean, that's just my Thank my you. observation, and f- looking at from my perspective. I know it might not always feel like that, but yeah. it is. It's it's amazing. I was just talking to a friend this morning, and um, 
we've just lost one of our locations where we sell from. Um, so I was just having a hard time and I said to her, you know, I'm, I'm just struggling to come to grips with the fact that maybe the competition or the state of the world or whatever is impacting us so much that uh, we're just losing our space, you know, mm. we, we're shrinking. And I said, it feels as if the middle class and um, the small businesses are kind of just being eroded away as yeah. if what we are heading towards is just the poor and the super rich, like there's no space for the mm. middle person anymore, mm. you know. And it just, it feels, yeah, it's it's hard for me. I was just having a, a moment yeah. this morning where I was really struggling to understand why we're seeing so many small businesses going through this because we are losing a lot of, of small businesses. Yeah, yeah. big time. Uh, and it's, it is, it is very interesting to watch and to see it and... Mm. I wish we had the answers. I really do. Yeah. Because it's not an easy space. And I, th I, I mean, this is just my opinion, mm -hmm. but I feel like if you have built a community, which mm -hmm. you have, the community will carry you through. And mm -hmm. even if I can address your community and say, hey, Wicked Donuts community, let's find ways to support Mm. our Durban born and bred Wicked Donuts brand that is Durban through and through. There's nothing, there's nothing not, there's nothing not Durban about, about this. And if we can, yeah, really just get behind you and support you and help you pivot in ways that you need to pivot, you mm. know? Um, it is hard because you, at the same time, you understand where, um, people are as well, that they are struggling to make ends meet. And, Completely. you know, uh, so many people are leaving Durban as well. Like, it's just got its dark cloud, like, hanging over it at the mm. moment. So, you know, it's hard to accept that that's, that's where we're at at the moment. So I understand, and I'm trying to just navigate the space and say, even if I just end up with one shop at yes. the end of it, this is why I made this crazy move um, in January to downsize the bakery so that I could almost, like, have a comfortable space that I could scale it back to. If we have to close any more stores, mm. if I can just save one, yeah, like that would be so amazing to me. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get comfortable with that idea because I never saw a day like this ever, you know? And this is what's so crazy is that in the beginning when the business is just going like literally in a steep incline, you cannot see what it's going to look mm. like in five years. And at that time, everybody else was so excited around me and also didn't have any experience in the space. They were just like, we couldn't see. There was nobody saying, Jean, just hold, stop a minute. What's this going to look like in five years? Just look at every other person that might have done the same mm. thing. Are they still here? Do they still have that business? How many have they had to close? Are they open at all anymore? Like, is it a good idea to scale this quickly? Like, I know you're trying to build this business, but shouldn't you be saving some money for a rainy day? <laughs> like, another store, another store, another store. Like, it was just, yeah, it was yeah. too, too, too much. I pressed the accelerator so hard that, yeah. But everything's fun in games until you, you reach that day, yeah. Yes, but you'll navigate through it. And mm -hmm. this is where we get we get to come together as the small business community of Durban yeah. is, and even your your community that you built, 
Like and I strongly really... believe if I hadn't been talking about it and, mm. you know, showing and sharing the business the way that I have That's tried awesome. so hard to do on social media, um, I don't think that we'd be around anymore. Yeah. Because for so long, so many people thought we were a franchise. They just thought we were an American franchise. They didn't realize there's just one person running around that's, you know, put this whole thing together. Mm. So I, I do believe that we, and we are so grateful for the fact that we still have this and there are people yes. behind us when so many other businesses have closed. And I think telling our story has made a huge difference. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So what would you say has been some of your biggest obstacles to push through and maybe some that you are still pushing sure. through? Um, well, we just got the biggest competition of our lives moving to Durban and that was just like, such a humbling experience because when you've been flavor of the month for so long and then the new guy comes on the block that that is a that's a hard one because yes. everybody then starts comparing you directly you know it's like i'm sure this corporation doesn't have feelings but i do you know and to be constantly compared all the time and I mean, we, I've even heard like radio competitions where people have had two boxes and not told me anything about it. They just oh put the radio on. These people are trying like two different, uh, you know, donuts and listening to that with my heart in my throat, like how good it is or bad compared to the other mm. donut brand. Like, yeah, it's just a Krispy uh, Kreme. It's just, so, yeah, let's it's an uncomfortable, yeah, it's an uncomfortable yeah. experience, you know, and it certainly had a major impact on, on our business because they're also far reaching, you yeah, know. So when they come, budgets, they don't so. just come and open one or two stores. They, they, they mean business. They, they dominate. dominate. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the, yeah. the right word. So what do you think that does to, to small business? Like we've got, I, I'm going to say it straight. It's my podcast. So I can say <laughs> what I want, but we've got this massive American corporation coming in. Mm -hmm. They've spotted a market in South Africa. They're coming in and just bulldozing. Mm -hmm. Where does it leave you? How does it, and not for the sake of a pity party, but because we're human. Yeah, and it could happen with anyone. I mean, yeah. you could, let's, let's take the example of Wakabee again, shame. Um, when they just had the run of the, the roost, it was great until everybody started opening uh, pinky berry, juicy berry, icy berry every, on every corner. Mm. So it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because you always think, oh, I'm first to, to market and it should be me, why, why, why? And then you're going to have to do something, I don't know, to, to or different or continue to give that product differentiate in some way whether it yes. be taste or whether it be service or whether it be something that your particular customer is still going to come looking for yes. because look, we should still all be able to exist you know otherwise if mcdonald's came to durban surely all the other burger shops should have just closed up there's still a need for other businesses to exist and to thrive so as long as you are continuing to give a product that people still want um, and you're making quality and all the rest of it, you should still be able to mm. keep your little space in the market. Mm. I think it's, there's also something to staying true to who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, 
in the in the processes and the the figuring out and how to compete with this massive brand that's just bulldozing through everything like I want to encourage I don't you. think we can even compete because we are just not even Well that's why I said yeah, compete there's, there's no commas. way they're going to yeah. beat me on every level and I think yeah. at some point um, I still had that in my head I was just so uh, convinced that I'd be able to like hold my ground and I thought no no I'm going to give them a run for my money and I'm not going to be closing stores but you know it's it's impossible sometimes the the bigger company just has the marketing budget and the legs and everything else to just steamroll you you know so I've got to shift my focus from competing rather than mm. you know to make continue to make this an exciting business i gotta forget exactly. about what's happening there exactly. it's fine if you want to yeah. compare me and whatever that's yeah. okay that's great but i have to just continuously try and refocus my energy into Completely. what still makes us relevant yes and yeah. i would say don't lose yourself like mm-hmm. don't lose your personal touch don't lose the genre and the beautiful ladies that work in the store mm-hmm. because that, they don't have that. They yeah. don't have the artisanal, Durban-born cult following. Yeah. And I think so much, we, we very often look at the opposition and we lose ourselves to the opposition mm-hmm. where we should, I feel like we should be just remaining true to who we are mm-hmm. and remaining true to who you are to your your customer base and to your following and to your community. Yeah. And I had a Krispy Kreme last week and I'm going to say it, it really did not, I'm not saying it to flatter you, but I, I really did not enjoy it as much as I enjoy a Wicked's Donut. Thank you. You can stay now. Cool. Yay. <laughs> and, um, uh, I, but really it, it just. I've had Krispy Kremes. And There's a couple of other donuts I think are yeah, all right. Yeah. Nice. It yeah. is nice. But I, but, like I, again, I feel like. We have this story. I've got this local story attached to it. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in, uh, when I'm eating this donut, it's like I know the crew. You know, I know who's made it. I know the human behind it. Yeah. And it tastes like it's been made by humans. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know Krispy Kreme's processes and stuff, but when I ate those, the Krispy Kreme's, I didn't feel like there was this human process behind it. Mm. To me, it tasted a lot like a lot of these mass, um, these mass produced things with huge amounts of it sugar. It has to it. be with the amount of places they're supplying. Yeah. There's no way to do that process without the automation. So yeah. there, it's going to be a, a hybrid Completely. recipe with a premix and it's going to be pushed through a machine. And, and I can't make the the whole of Durban Donuts. I can't. It's physically impossible. So yeah. I'm actually glad that I have some help. But as long as I can sustain my little piece of the yeah. market. Yeah, I think absolutely. that's important. I I strongly believe that it's fine. You know, everybody has their place. With all the more people and businesses there are here that still are surviving and can create jobs, the better. So yes. I don't have this like, oh my God, no Krispy Kreme. But, you know, it's great. They're creating employment and, you know, but... I still want to be able to sustain my business with, within the space. Yeah, yeah, completely. So with all these challenges mm-hmm. and hardships and difficulty and the good times and the bad times, 
What is it that makes you get up every morning and do what you do to continue the wicked donuts? I don't want to use the word fight, but in, sometimes I'm sure it feels like it a is, fight. It is, yeah. Oof. But <laughs> what, what keeps you motivated to keep going and doing oh, what you do? Here's where the honesty comes in. Okay, so... If you're really honest, you're going to sit there and say to yourself, this is crazy. Like, why do I still do this anymore? Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make money. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't make sense. Mm. It's not like what the business was in the beginning. Mm. And you have something to compare it to and it's miles away from what it used to be. Mm. And I reached a point in December 22 and all my leases had run up. And I sat down, my key staff, and I said to them, I'm financially and emotionally exhausted. I'm done. I, I can't find a reason anymore to keep this going. And I just bawled my eyes out. And I said, if you guys are not 100% in, like I was always almost like hoping or wishing that they would say, you know what, um, we've got other plans for our life. Or actually, yeah, you know, with one of us was thinking we we're going to try something different. Because you never know what other people have planned for their life. And maybe they've got other designs that they, they just give a resignation letter and say, I'm off. But there's certain key members that I wouldn't be able to run this business without. So I sat yes. those people together and I said, if I don't have yours 100% support, I would like to close the business because I'm done. My there's nothing left of me. Mm. So they just said, we don't have anywhere else to go. You know, please find a way to continue the business. And that coupled with the fact that at that point, I had no idea how I was going to make it work because I couldn't afford to stay in our bakery any longer. I wasn't making the rent. Every month I was just coming up short amongst other things. Um, and it's as if the Lord came in and made a way for us. Awesome. So I keep saying that to, 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 to God, speaking to the universe and all that, saying, if you want this business, this business came through prayer for me. Mm. I found myself in a place where I needed to have some meaning in my life. And I said, please show me what I must do with my life. Give me this thing, you know, like, to make it, my, my life make sense because what I'm doing now doesn't. And with that prayer, I prayed harder than I've ever prayed in my whole life. This just conversation sparked a whole business for me, that conversation with my friend. And yes, it took a lot of hard work, but as I started sort of moving down that road, it's as if it was unfolding in a positive way. So the doors were opening. And I keep saying as well, if the doors close in your face, then that's not the right way. So when I feel that the doors are opening and I've got this clear run or the steps are being placed before me, I've got to take that next step. Yes. So as weak as I was feeling, I, I just called the, the landlord um, of this current building where the Durban North shop is. And I said, is there any chance there's any space that's become available? I, I contacted her on the 8th of December. By any chance, is anyone moving out? And she said, you won't believe it. There's a store that's become available and it's only been available for two days. Wow. Because I didn't want to move the shop from where it is currently. Mm. And I had a limited budget to now put the, the factory and the Durban North store together. And this store where we're currently sitting 
became available and I literally had to move out of the bakery, fit this shop, close the other uh, Durban North shop and put it into two in, in like a month. Mm. And I only just spoke to her on the 8th of December. So that happened within lightning speed. Like I had to make that decision almost on the spot. Yes. And none of these stores become available. Like Cafe Barber has been here for 20 years. So the fact that I called her almost wow. at the second, yeah, she said amazing. there's a waiting list of people ready to take the shop. We haven't even advertised it yet. It was like literally given to me yeah. to say, like okay, I'm giving you something so you can continue. And that's what I believe God is just creating a way for me to move forward. And the minute that stops, then there's a different plan for me. Yes. But up until that point, I'm going to keep fighting for, for this because this is what I'm meant to do. Yes. This, this came from prayer and this is being sustained by prayer as well. So mm. until there's no more steps to take and all the doors close, that's what I know, that I'm in the right place. I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing and I have to just keep showing up awesome. for myself as well as for the people that this business sustains. Okay, It may not be the same number of people anymore, but those people but are people. very precious to me. Yes. And I think we've gone from 43 staff to 20. Okay. But how many people are being sustained through that? Not just those 20 people, yeah, their children and, and mm. so many other people that rely That's on awesome. them. Yeah. That's awesome. Well done. Thank keep, you. Keep going. Keep doing it. Keep fighting. I'm trying. And we will keep supporting you and oh, buying those you. donuts that keep calling my name every time I drive past the shop. Which is your favorite? I haven't I haven't landed on a favorite yet. Yeah. I do like the the proper filled ones. So I I like the ring, mm -hmm. but the the filled ones are nice. I think maybe I would say there's one with the marshmallow. Okay. Filling. Did you have the fluffernutter? It's got I don't the, know, the shop didn't have the name chocolate peanut butter with the marshmallow filling. There was a marshmallow filling. I don't okay. recall. I think if it, it might was, have been the same. It was. It was nah. <laughs> it was amazing. The Santa is scary because I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I have to get a hold of myself sometimes. I still eat my donuts all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe too many of them. And I say the only reason why <laughs> I eat healthy and exercise is that I can continue to eat the sugar because yeah. I'm still hooked on them. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm very hooked on them, and you'll see it like donut packets in my car. Thanks, and, but again, it's also. There's that story that I'm participating in, yes. which, yeah, and I've had this amazing opportunity to come and talk to you about it. And thank you for, again, thank you for your time and so for your attention and sharing your journey and opening yourself up to this. Thank yeah. you. So I think... I hope I get braver. The more I do it, I just keep saying, oh God, I hope I get braver like this. I get these opportunities a lot, but it's just uh, it's such a hard space for me. Like there's so many interviews, radio interviews, and, and come and do a public speech here and there, and I, yeah, I struggle with it. So I wrote a book. Um, it's called The Recipe for Miracles, yes. and I shared my, my entire story of how I started the business and yes. all the challenges I've been through. So my entire journey is documented That's in there. That's amazing. And interestingly, um, at the time when I started writing, I actually started writing saying, I'm going to be writing this book about all the amazing things that are going to come into my life. I don't know what it is yet, 
but I know that it's going to be amazing. That's so and cool. I'm writing this book to start talking about all the things that are going to materialize, not knowing that this was waiting for me, mm. you know, and that I actually would have a story to talk about. Mm. So I wrote it because I, I enjoy writing. And um, when people ask me, please share your story, then I'm like, I wrote the whole book. And then they're like, no, but we want you to like talk about it. And then I'm like, no. But it is a very cool story. It's it is amazing. so it's, cool that yeah. what I was inviting just sort of like made its way towards me. Yeah. And I was writing and documenting this, expecting that it and was going to come. Amazing. So for the people that say, tell us your story, I, I've started narrating it on um, my TikTok page called awesome. A Recipe for Miracles. Okay. So I've made it now available to the public and Amazing. I've taken it off of Amazon Kindle because I think the best place for it to be is just to continue inspiring people and it's actually helped me to as well by revisiting and and reading through the book myself um, I'm remembering how much I have put into this how meaningful it is to me how much prayer went into it how much mm. faith and hard work and everything else grind for hours and hours. I mean, I told you, uh, two to three hours is what I was averaging a night uh, of, sleep of sleep for the first two or three years. So reading that book as well, I'm almost at the end now, probably about 151. So I want to finish it soon. So the entire book, you'll That's be able awesome. to watch in three-minute videos That's amazing. Uh, well consecutively. Done. Yeah. Well, so that'll be another achievement for me. I don't have TikTok. Yeah. That's a confession. That's but fine. I might just open an account yeah. and go check it out. Yeah, so the yeah. whole book is there. So uh, there's cool. a small intro. And then if you scroll to the bottom of the page, you can start like from page one. And like, okay. I'm trying not to be too serious about it. Like sometimes my printer goes off and like there's parts of the book that I actually laugh about things that I went through. So there's also this personal story coming through with, you know, by the person who actually yes. experienced that firsthand yes. that I'm, I'm sort of, that's conveying awesome. as well. That's amazing. Well, we must. We will check it out. I will definitely check it out. Thanks. And I think in closing, Jean, would you would you give the person listening who's running a small business something encouraging or something that you've learned along the way that you would like to share with them? Ooh, um, yeah, that's such a hard one. Um, especially for South Africans and everybody that's leaving and telling you how horrible this place is and you can't make anything survive and you know in Durban and Durban is the worst place to be and you, you're not going to make a business down here I, I don't know um, I'm waiting for somebody to tell me so I'm, I'm looking every day for, for inspiration now, but we have to make it work. Isn't that the spirit of South Africans? If anything. We do. I really thought when uh, we had that whole looting incident that that was going to be the end of Durban. Like we dug our grave and there was just no way that we were going to come back from that. And that's the spirit of Durban and South Africans and of humanity that it's hard. Don't expect it to be any other way. Mm. It's tough. But what you experience from sticking in it. If anybody had to ask me, would I do this again? 
as uh, I'm in so much pain every day, Luke. You don't understand how much mm. pain I'm in. I think I show too much of it sometimes, so some people know how much a world of pain. Would I do it again? Yes, because it's worth it. Because yeah. I get to spend my days with my mother. I get to uh, create something that I have personally got my stamp on, you know, to... to be able to work with people I enjoy working and control of my time and things like that is invaluable to me. Mm. I've had jobs where I've worked massage jobs from nine to nine with 12 hours of, of doing 12 massages. And then at the end of the day, they're like, okay, you can go home now and come back tomorrow and make sure you bring a sick note and that kind of thing. Um, I wouldn't trade this for that ever. Good. So I also remind myself if anybody's looking to start a business, it'll be worth it. If you've got the grit and you want to start it, and and I've got a lot of uh, tips in my book about starting a business cool. the right way. So that's a whole nother story. Yeah. But there's some really good advice about doing it smart so that you don't get yourself burnt and, okay. and take massive risks in the beginning. So that's I didn't cool. do that with this business. It literally, it took patience and building it brick by brick, cent by cent. It didn't just go, oh, I want to open a donut business. Hi, bank, give me a million rand. Let's plug it in here. Let's, let's, no, it mm. took, it literally started with one box of donuts right in the beginning. That's and awesome. if you've got the grit and the determination and you're prepared to put the, the hard yards in, it will be worth it. That's awesome. So these times are difficult. And for anybody who is in business still, just continuously find ways to downscale it or, you know, try and get control of those costs so that you can continue the business. That's what we're working on ourselves. Mm. Um, because eventually maybe there'll be a, a part where you can sustain the ship. And we're finding it a little bit easier as we Good. take the foot off the accelerator and just regroup. It Good. is becoming a little bit more comfortable. So is it worth it opening a business? Yes, 110% it is. To the people who are struggling, yes, we are dying and struggling and spitting and, and crying all the way, but we do it because this is what is, we wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. And once we get over these hurdles, there'll be good times. I'm, I'm positive. It's not always going to all be bad all the time. It won't. Yeah. We go through things and then there's a rainbow. And then we go through more bad stuff. And then there's a rainbow. But if you give life. up, you're never going to see those good times. And you might get stuck doing something you hate again. Like, I don't want to go back to massaging for 12 hours a day. No, it doesn't no. sound like fun. No, it's horrible. Trust me. Yes. Especially when the big guys come in and they want a deep massage. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah. it's now your eighth massage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, thank you. It's Thank been an so absolute much. honor and a privilege to be here with you and to talk through this. And yeah, again, thank you for your contribution towards what we do here in Durban. Thank you.